DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to welcome Kurt Cragthorpe back to the show, covering Utah golf for Fairways Media and the Salt Lake Tribune. Kurt, good morning. Good morning. You can, you can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave, Kurt. Yeah, you know, it's actually been a good uh, phase of, of my career to have some golf to latch on to, so... I've appreciated the opportunity. I, I, it's either an ability or a character flaw that I have <laughs> the uh, capacity to turn something that a lot of people don't care that much about into something that I really care about, and that's uh, the Utah golf community. I, I have to mention that PK's favorite editor at the Tribune once once said uh, that Jay Drew and I should just email our golf stories to each other because we were the only people that read them. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some truth to that, but uh, I do have uh, 27,000 subscribers to Fairways Magazine four times a year, so got that in my favor. Is that that's, when it comes out four times a year? Yeah, yeah. So it, yeah. It's, it, it's, it's pretty rare to still have a, a print magazine produced yeah. by a local golf association yeah, so i read it cover to cover when it comes out well that's that's that is the one thing about it i mean people it's a target audience people, right. people you have to have a uga handicap card to get the magazine so right. so people are going to be into it so yeah so i i acknowledge that it's a niche audience but uh it, it does keep me in the business for sure Kurt joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. So, Tony Romo, that gave the Utah Open a little celebrity appeal right there. And uh, the on the Monday press conference, I think that that stuff's been aired pretty well over the course of the week. Um as far as his comments on Zach and his no comment on the Saints, basically. I think I know what's going to happen, but Coach wouldn't like it if I let it out. Uh, did he expand any more? How many chances did you have to talk to him over the course of the week? Yeah, I, I was more, again, interested in the, the golf aspect of it, so I really didn't talk much football with him. But but it was fun to watch him play golf. Uh, you know, the jazz players like uh, Kyle Korver and Darren Williams have played in the Utah before and and not even come close to making the cut but but Romo besides having some name brand appeal and he did bring some fans out there and, and even other golfers were interested in how he was doing but he, he can legitimately play he, he doesn't it's kind of fun to watch him because he doesn't have golfer mannerisms uh you, you can tell he's kind of new to the game but but what he does bring is a athletic ability he's a in person he's a big strong looking guy and uh and he gets the golf ball around the course and and uh and really competes i mean he he just battled on every shot for three days and opened with a 68 and then followed with 71 73 but but you can tell he was into it uh, the one snapshot i clearly recall is he was playing in the group behind daniel summerhays on friday and Danny's group was finishing up on 18, and I look up, and there's a fourth guy on the green, and it's Romo, almost uh, right when they were putting out because he he had walked up to kind of survey the green. So you can tell that that he's into it, and uh, he, he played hard and he played well. Why was he there? What's he trying to accomplish? 
You know, he, he just said an amateur golfer, and I, I, I laugh about the fact that here's a guy who makes $17 million a year from CBS. He's going to cash a $180, merchant, $180 merchandise certificate at the Riverside Pro Shop. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he's, he's an amateur golfer, and, and, he, and these guys who, who play at that level just like to test themselves. He played in the Texas State Open, which is kind of the equivalent of the Utah Open, barely missed the cut in that. And so, yeah, he just he just wanted to play here. There's there's a guy, a local guy named B.J. Staten, who uh, was from Dallas and and uh, now lives in Cottonwood Heights because he met his wife uh, at the what's now the Corn Ferry Tours Utah Championship, which is a cool story in itself because she was working in a Pro Ten Pro Am promotional booth and he chatted her up, and the next thing you know, he's married and living in Cottonwood Heights, but. But that's the connection to Romo coming here, and uh, and I think I think with Ryan Smith, the Jazz owner, who I also had a chance to watch play during the week, I think there's some uh, possibilities to bring in more athletes with some name recognition like this and uh, spice up the event a little more in the future. Okay, so it really goes to uh, how good golfers have to be at every level because obviously you got the PGA Tour. And then you can watch the Corn Ferry Tour, and those guys aren't at the same level, although they are at a pretty spectacular level. And then you go to the Utah Open, and there'll be some players maybe who are either getting ready for the, the Champions Tour or have uh, you know some type of ability to play in the Corn Ferry Tour, but there are a lot of golfers who don't. And so you kind of see these levels. How much do guys blow you away, even when they're a long way away from the Corn Ferry Tour level? Yeah, that's a great observation, and that's what really fascinates me about pro golf is, is just how hard it is and how many guys there are. The, the, the guy who won, Derek Fribbs from Colorado, is a classic example. He has to go through the pre-qualifying stage of the Corn Ferry Tour process uh, coming up, I think, next week probably. And then if he makes it through that, there's three more stages if you were to get to the Corn Ferry Tour. And and, uh, yeah, I mean, he shoots 23 under par for three days at Riverside. And uh, it, it's just amazing how many guys like that there are in the world just, just trying to find places to play. And uh, and that's that's why I, I'm so intrigued by guys like Patrick Fishburne from Ogden and BYU who's on the Cohen Ferry Tour trying to make it. And then, and then there's different levels to that. The Canadian Tour, it's kind of complicated this year because – because of the pandemic, there's a Canadian tour version in Canada and a Canadian tour version in the United States. But, but like this past week, there were Utah high school or college graduates playing on on all these different tours, and uh, it's just it's just it's kind of like baseball in a way, but but it's more literally the the scores you shoot gets you there or don't get you there, and and you and in terms of these qualifying schools, yet you basically have one chance a year and they didn't even have it last year so it's it's doubly important for a lot of guys that uh miss that opportunity to take advantage of it this year but yeah to your point it the, the depth of talent in the golf world is just astounding to me so what's summer Hayes doing because i thought he was retired but he's back what's going on there yeah, he, he jokes about that. That he's in he's in the same sentence with Michael Jordan and Brett Favre of guys who <laughs> don't know how to retire. But but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I I think that he discovered 
as as your wife knows from decades of teaching of of how demanding that profession is. Uh, he, he spent uh, last year as a full time teacher and boys golf coach at Davis High School and and realized okay that's that's an actual job. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, he can he, he has the ability financially and and. Uh, and then other ways of, of his life to kind of dabble in whatever he wants to do. But I, I, I think he is rejuvenated as a player a little bit. And, uh, part of the reason that he, that he quit at the time was he, he didn't really have good status on the Corn Ferry Tour. He couldn't get into that many tournaments. But then the, the irony of, of what he thought was going to be his last tournament at Oak Ridge in, in 2020 was that he, he tied for a second and, and gained some more access to tournaments and and now he thinks he's actually going to go to the final stage of the, the qualifying tournament this year and, and see if he can just at least widen his options and and have the ability to, to get into more tournaments because he obviously still can play he, he made the cut in the last regular season corn ferry event in omaha and then obviously played well riverside tying for third this week so I couldn't tell because I saw like, parts of an interview. So maybe if I'd seen the whole interview, it would have made more sense to me. But I, I was wondering if he was alluding to he didn't really want to do the grind anymore. And if that part of the grind he didn't want to do was really the travel. Is that a big factor or am I misreading that? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, he still has uh, four children at home and the oldest being 13. And so he, did, he doesn't want to be a truly a full-time golfer. So so what he would ideally like to do, I think, is is get full status on the Corn Ferry Tour, but but just play the events he wants to, and then if it goes well, someday maybe he could get back to the PGA Tour level. But but I, I think as much as anything, he just wants to have the ability to go play when he wants wants to or or, or feels like it, and uh, and but just just not to pursue it week after week because that that is a grind. So the life of Kurt Craigthorpe has been an interesting one, to say the least. And you step aside, uh, what, oh, well, about a year and a half ago, a little longer than that, after the, what was it, the Alamo Bowl. And, right. and last year there wasn't really a football season. Well, this year it looks like we're going to have one, fingers crossed and all that stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts about not being involved and doing all that? Are you going to sit at home and... And write yourself uh, something up and email it to yourself. How are you going to handle that? Yeah, that's a great question. And you know what I find is really interesting is people ask how retirement is, and they, they pretty much want a one-word answer, you know, like <laughs> "How you doing?" Yeah, yeah, that gotcha. kind of thing. Yeah. and uh, and yeah, uh, to the contrary, I I could talk for hours about it because I cycle through all these psychological phases. <laughs> Not not to turn uh, your radio show into Fraser Crane, which would uh, and we did shape. talk about it a, a few minutes more than a one word answer at uh, Joe Baird's retirement party. So I know where you're going with yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so it's it, it's it's actually been a very fascinating segment of my life. And but to your point, uh, the example that comes to mind immediately is as the Jazz were playing in the playoffs this past spring and summer, I, I, it came, I came to the realization that if they played in the NBA Finals, that would just about kill me because <laughs> I, I would have been so left out. So, so so now I'm dreading the youth being in the Rose Bowl without me. 
But yeah, it, it's funny how your mind compartmentalizes things. You, you, you think about being on the campuses and being in the, in the press box on game day and kind of getting that adrenaline. And you forget about the, the Tuesday nights in early November when you're standing in, on the plaza outside the youth practice field waiting to do interviews and, uh, and, and all the, the daily things that go into it. And so, so yeah, it's, it's you can't exactly pick and choose. You can't just do the fun stuff and and uh, skip the rest of it. But but yeah. But to your point, there there definitely is an element of feeling left out at times. So one of your theories that I had never heard until I heard you break it out, and I think we were standing outside of practice somewhere, killing time, and I don't even know where it was. <clears throat> but you um you dropped something about. People from Utah, whether it's individual or teams, always finish second. And maybe it was because Steve Young had won his Super Bowl. And it was like the flaw in your theory, right? And somebody brought up, well, Lavelle won a national title. And subsequently, Mike Weir won a Masters. Uh, But is that a theory you still hold near and dear to? Or has there been enough winning now, even without the Rose Bowl and the NBA Finals? Yeah, it's it's still pretty... uh pretty intermittent to have Utahns actually win things. I mean, one example is that, that Daniel Summerhays has never won a tournament as a professional golfer, as, as weird as that sounds. I mean, even uh, in the old days, Tony Keenow uh, won the Provo Open for $3,000, but I mean, he, he won a, a golf tournament as a professional golfer, and Summerhays never did that. And that the whole genesis of my theory was was in that convergence of around '97 and '98 when the Jazz finished second in the NBA and the Utes finished second in NCAA basketball, and so I started adding up all the other deals like that. But but yeah, I, th- I think the theory pretty well holds true. I think Finau's finished second nine times on the PGA Tour with, to his one win, and I mean it, it, it's. It's harder to win than it is to finish second, especially in golf, because you can you can be in a six-way tie for second or whatever and count it as second place. But but yeah, I I, I think uh, the series the, the theory still holds. The youths, you, you could say they finished second in the Pac-12 football two years in a row. So so yeah, the breakthroughs are are still pretty rare. So I talked to, talk to you about Ryan Smith, jazz owner. He's out there competing, and he said something along the lines that basically it's a haven for him. I'm I'm loosely paraphrasing, uh, and it's it's uh, you know his way to unwind or whatever it might be that he used. I can't ex- remember the exact phrasing, but also at the at the same time when you're out there and people are watching. You know, whether it's just your playing partners or some media, you said Romo brought some spectators. Ryan Smith has a higher profile. So if you're going to watch Tony Romo play, you might as well go over a couple of fairways and check out Ryan Smith. So the point being, eyes are on you, and you got to have some level of competitiveness to even dare get out there. I mean, I geez, I couldn't imagine even teeing it up there. I'd be so nervous. But uh, he's willing to do it. So he's got to have a drive to succeed. And obviously he does in the business world, or he wouldn't get to where he's already been. And I want to relate that to the Jazz, because see if you buy this type of theory that I'm going with, is that he's out there competing in a public event, 
trying to do his very best. So there's an internal drive to compete. And how does that relate to the Jazz? Because as of right now, and things could change as the season progresses, he's got to write a $39-40 million luxury bill tax. So what do you think of his willingness to compete? You've seen it at the golf level. And how strong is it going to be? Because it's easy for me to say, yeah, go ahead and compete at the highest level. But I don't have to write that $35, $40 million check at the end of this year, depending on how the roster is, if I'm over the salary cap. What do you think about his willingness to compete at the highest level? We've seen him trying it in golf, but as far as basketball and virtually win at a significant cost, not necessarily at all costs, but a significant cost. Yeah, I think you're really onto something there, PK. I, I I'll, I'll back up and, and talk about him as a golfer first. And uh, in, in contrast to Tony Romo, who looks like an athlete just got transported onto a golf course, you watch Ryan Smith for one hole, and you can tell that he is a golfer. He just he just acts like a golfer. All his mannerisms are, are exactly like uh, a pro golfer would go about things. And... Uh, and yeah, he 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 does compete, and, but he, he clearly loves golf. He, he he wasn't just out there for for giggles. There's no question about that. He was he was battling to shoot a score, and he 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 hit some of the most impressive shots I've seen all summer in, in tournament golf. Now he's he's a little rusty when it comes to that. And and the one thing about playing in that tournament, to your point, you, you, you're accountable for every single shot. It's not like a pro am where if you have a bad hole. It doesn't count, uh, and and so it, it there's some scrutiny that and accountability that goes along with that. So so I had a really good impression just of him as a person, as a, and a golfer, watching him play all day, all morning on Friday. But now to to address your point, I, I think there's no question. But I think if you look at his life in entirety, it's all about competition. I mean, he doesn't still have to be the CEO of Qualtrics. He sold the company, but yet he's he's competing every day to to make it better. And uh, there's there's I, I did come away in a golf context. I definitely came away with the impression that that he is driven to be the really good, if not the best, at everything he does. And NBA ownership is definitely one of those things. All right. We'll leave it here. Last thing before we let you go, Kurt. One golf story that you have emailed to Jay, and he has liked, that really should be shared with our audience. You know, that's got the Kurt Cragthorpe, Jay Drew stamp of approval. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. I'm going to say... It's uh, Kirsten Fotu, a BYU women's golfer, making the cut in the Utah Open. In, in the whole scheme of sports, that is uh, kind of insignificant, but, but in the golf world, it, it's a huge thing. In, uh, in a tournament that started in 1926, she's the first woman to, to play the final round yesterday, so I thought that was pretty cool, but uh, probably won't register with the rest of the world. Kurt, we appreciate your time, as always, and we'll have you back on the show so you don't feel left out. I appreciate that, Frazier. <laughs> Kurt Cragthorpe used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune, still does a little bit for them, and you can read him in the Fairways media as well, and you'll see him at a golf course near you.
who knows when. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're getting a lot of reaction to the question of the day. Mel Kuyper believes that Utah, or that Utah, that BYU is going to be in a lot of trouble when they play USC in the final game of the season. We'll get your reaction to that next. Stay with us.